Voice of Fintech. The InsureTech series by Voice of Fintech is brought to you by the House of InsureTech Switzerland, HITS. HITS is a Generali company that spun off in December 2019. It all started in 2017 when Generali Switzerland opened the Innovation Garage to experiment with its Corp Up approach, a corporate and startups co-creating customer-centric solutions together. The success of the Innovation Garage led to the birth of HITS in order to offer innovation as a service not only for Generali, but also to other corporates. HITS envisions to be a leading insurtech hub by shaping and nurturing partnerships between corporates and startups to accelerate and scale corporate innovation. If you would like to learn more about HITS, please go to www.houseofinsurtech.ch. You can also follow HITS on LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube. Hello and welcome to Voice of Fintech. Today we're joined by Andre. Andre is an entrepreneur and also a politician, actually the youngest politician ever elected to Swiss federal parliament. And we're going to talk about his views on the Swiss startup scene, the role of government and the private sector in, in, uh, in the startup world and entrepreneurship. And uh, find out more also about the measures that the Swiss government enacted to help the startups to get through the crisis. So welcome, Andre. How are you today? Hi, thank you. Good, and you? I'm all right, uh, given the circumstances, obviously. Sure. So, Andre, you're an entrepreneur and a politician. And as I said, you're even more so. You're the youngest uh, member of the Swiss parliament. Why are you interested in running your own business and being a politician at the same time? So in Switzerland, we have a long tradition that being a politician is not a full-time job. That's why uh, you need something to do beside that. Um, actually, the in the business, we try to bring together um, uh, the, the people to, to real and good food. So that's uh, when we started three years ago with our Kaizen chain. It was just a pop-up in uh, Europoli, and now we have six different stores in three different cities. Normally in business, my aim is just to bring uh, people together that can cr- create something bigger. So with Kaizen, uh, the, my friends, they know I, I'm really bad in cooking, but um, I brought together uh, like a, a chef and then a marketing guy, an IT guy and me, and we created this business. And so far, it's really cool. And in politics, it's it's really different here. My, my purpose is to uh, shape our country in a direction of more personal freedom, but also in connection to uh, responsibility for the uh, less privileged people. So, yeah, I have a classic liberal vision uh, when it comes to politics. All right. So you mentioned that you co-founder Okazen. And uh, sometimes when I talk to startup founders, I ask them if they are solving a problem or they're trying to delight the customers. And this one seems like a delight startup to me. So can you explain what it does and uh, why did you want to start it and uh, you know how you got about it, got started with this? Yeah, so the idea was a classic idea that came up in a, on a vacation with friends. So I don't know if you know, if you already experienced that when you go on vacation with friends and then you think, oh, we could start a restaurant or a bar or something like that. And it was really this kind of idea. So we were in Bangkok eating these poke bowls. And uh, in Switzerland, we haven't had any poke stores so far. So we came back to Zurich. And then, as I mentioned, I, I asked some friends that have the right skills for the for the business. And then uh, we just started it. But what's different to other restaurant chains is that we only do shop-in-shop concepts. So we always subcontract with the rent and we only serve during lunchtime. So this is, I think, our secret to be 
quite profitable in an industry that is normally uh, that has a profit of around one or two percent when it's good. So um, we we have much better profit so far because we only serve during this time where people are hungry and during the afternoon or dinner we are not open we only do delivery so i think this is kind of the secret of our success so far so and you also have many other activities right i mean it, it relates to charity and advisory to the family office and uh, can you explain a little bit about what are your goals there and how it all fits together so yeah uh, as long as i i find uh, engagements that fit to my purpose and where i think i can add value i'm happy to contribute so i did my studies in finance and mostly uh, in those um, charity or also in the family office what i can contribute is my knowledge in in finance but also my uh, network i gain in politics so yeah those are mandates where i just try to to advise and and make it uh, uh, make a progress for whatever they are doing. The charities uh, has a focus on high skilled um, pupils in in uh, Kenya and mm-hmm. Philippines. The family office has a, has another uh, goal. They have big Swiss families. They try to to support. So um, I think that that's what amazed me at the moment is to have these different challenges and to help on different uh, stages. I wanted to ask you about, obviously, the role of government in helping the startups or shaping the rules uh, of the game, right? Switzerland uh, worldwide is known as a friendly place for startups. But what is your view on this, given your entrepreneurial experience and also the connection to the government? So in general, for sure, it's it's really good to start a business in Switzerland. We have a strong rule of law. We have not the highest taxes. We also have uh, big corporations uh, like Roche, Nestle, but also the banks and insurance companies. And I think uh, it's good for a startup ecosystem to also have uh, a running economy. Besides COVID, it was <laughs> running. So um, you can connect with those big players. You can compete with them. You can work together. So I would say the it's, it's quite good. But there are also some uh, disadvantages. So when you look at the ease of running business index, Switzerland is among place, I don't know, 30, 40, something like that. There are countries around the world where it's much easier to start a business, uh, mostly because it's more digitized than in Switzerland. So in Switzerland, I would say when you don't have a lawyer that prepares everything for you, it it takes one or two weeks. And that's, in my sense, uh, way too long. um, To start a business, yeah. To start a business, to found a game behavior or an... uh, limited company so i would say there are still some things we need to um to make some progress but when you start your business when you're running your business switzerland is a good place because the rule of law is so strong that we have political stability so i think this is uh, what people like when they come to switzerland we are now living in the unprecedented times given the COVID 19 crisis of course in switzerland we've been in a lockdown for a while and Switzerland launched uh, several initiatives how to help the uh, the most impacted parts of the economy. So can you explain some of them, uh, especially as they relate to startups? Yes. Um, so Switzerland has, like most of the European countries, we have the short-term uh, work compensation. So this is um, a tool where you can send your employees home. You only have to pay 80% of their salary and you get those 80% back from 
the the um, insurance. So this works for all companies. We have one third of all people of all employees in Switzerland now under this regime. Um, this is something the state has to put, uh, I think, eight or ten billion Swiss francs to make sure that uh, this um, insurance can still pay those um, high, high demands. So this is something the startups could um, benefit from if they don't have a lot of work at the moment. There are other startups, they they tell me they have uh, still a lot of work but no customers. So for them, it's not an option to, to send uh, the stuff home. So for them, there is another um, tool, I would say. It's a bridge loan. So they get up to 500,000 Swiss francs from the bank that is 100% covered by the government. But the um, challenge here is that the bridge loan has to be a maximum of 10% of the revenue. So if you are a pre-revenue startup, um, you won't get this bridge loan. You, you won't have access to it. But there are cantons like the canton of Zurich that try to overcome this problem. So uh, they, they spend another, I would say, 500 million in guaranteeing loans to startups that, that cannot fulfill the, the measures that are taken on the national level. So, for example, the pre-revenue startups, if you're in Zurich located, it's easier to get the bridge loan than if you're, I don't know, in another canton like St. Gallen or so that, in my understanding, don't have this, this kind of um, additional support. Right. Then you've been very active in the parliament pointing out that the bridge loans are suitable for SMEs with a certain turnover, right? And uh, yes. not for not for certain startups that by definition might have very little revenue. So how have you been um, progressing your views and uh, creating a coalition in the parliament to to make some changes? Yeah, so we, we were or we are still fighting really hard. Um, when the crisis started, we urged the issue for startups to get finance as well. So we had some small progress. For example, the short-term work compensation is normally not paid out to business owners, only to the employees. Now, during this crisis, it's also possible as a business owner to stay at home and get this compensation. So this is small progress. For the credits, for the bridge loans, we, we know that the federal council is now working on this issue. So, you know, this is like a small progress because... One month before, the Federal Council was not speaking at all about startups, but now the last weeks in the press conferences, he mentioned that they are working on solutions for the startups uh, until end of uh, April. And so actually, now we are also in contact with several cantons because uh, we heard that the, the federal government will probably support the cantons in, in making solutions for their startup ecosystem and not make a big national-wide program for like the whole country because um, yeah they spend now, I would say, over 50 billion of Swiss francs in helping the economy. And I think now the federal government will kind of step back a bit and don't want to spend even more money. So I think he says that it's also the responsibility of the cantons to invest in their ecosystem. And now we, um, yeah, we are working on, on different solutions, how the government, the, the Swiss government can help the cantons that are now creating some um, customized solutions for their own startup ecosystem. So okay. like, like okay. most in Switzerland, it will be collaboration between the cantons and the government. Okay. Well, I guess, you know, we have the most startups in Zurich and uh, then maybe the second the largest hub is in Lausanne. Uh, let's let's see what these cantons will do. Uh, you know, some of them obviously uh, are more impacted by the crisis than the others. And 
Some have more uh, startups than the others, right? Yes. But uh, it, it relates to another uh, potential uh, comment that I heard when I, when I talk to startup founders or people who are uh, active in the ecosystem that the corporate or governance framework in Switzerland doesn't really distinguish between whether you're a startup or not, right? It, it focuses on whether you're a private company or listed company, potentially if you're an SME. But there are some things which are difficult for startups to to comply with, right? That's related to uh, labor laws and things like this, or the the, the bankruptcy procedures and and uh, things like that. So, in terms of help in during the crisis, what you're saying is that uh, the tailor customization will be done at the cantonal level ra- rather than the federal, and rather than focusing on you know startups versus the other companies. Yes, so the, on the Canton level, there are different initiatives. I know from one Canton that is preparing uh, like some some convertibles, a uh, convertible program that they will support directly the startup with convertibles. Another uh, Canton like Zurich, they announced recently that they will uh, support the banks in giving convertibles to the startups. So yeah, the, the different Cantons try with different measures to 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 help the ecosystem. But um, yeah, in the end, it's it's for for Swiss politics. It's also it's always important that it's an industry neutral approach. So we don't want to make like for every industry mm-hmm. specific uh, laws. That's something we are not used to. It. So that's why I always try to really focus on the startup level. And not on, let's say, we need uh, something for the med tech or insure tech or fintech or something like that, because with, with that approach, you, you don't succeed in Switzerland. So because now you have all these um, associations for tourism, for for food industry, and they always they all go to the government and, and, and want to have more money for their industry. But I think this doesn't work. So we really need to make sure that we keep this, let's say, startup level and not go deeper to different specific sectors because there you won't succeed okay understood uh, makes sense to me but uh, you know i'll be nice and i'll ask you as an entrepreneur in the food sector what would be your preferred way to return to normalcy so for me it's important that when we um, go out of this lockdown and i think we all know that we cannot go out from zero to one so it takes a long time and we need to make sure that the uh, the, the so-called R is, is not going to rise too too fast. So for me, the most important thing is that all businesses are treated the same way. So what Switzerland announced the, the last week was that like the big shops that can open earlier than the smaller ones. So they can like sell, I don't know, um, shirts and shoes in the big stores, but the small shoe stores, they are not allowed to open before mid of May. And I think here it's important that the Swiss government is treating every business the same. Uh, like f- from my point of view, they can also say we ha- we need another one month of lockdown. If that's necessary, it's, it's, I'm, I'm a politician, I'm not an epidemiologist. But in the end, it's, it's for me, it's the most important thing, uh, also from a food sector perspective, that every business is treated the same way so that there is no discrimination. Okay, but what I meant is, for for example, I read an article this morning that uh, in New York, they're thinking if they come back to, you know, come out of the lockdown, it will not be the same as before. So potentially in the restaurants, you might have waiters wearing masks and, and the gloves and people will have to order uh, at their table from an app, things yeah. like this. So would you be open to experimenting with something 
that uh, you know a few months ago we we would never consider here yeah we, we will but uh, to be honest we already did this before the crisis so we don't accept cash in in our stores in zurich so mm-hmm. uh, we didn't do this for like uh, one year now uh, not not just because of the not, not because of health reasons but uh, it's from op- from an operational point of view it's much more efficient and yeah, we we I mean we don't serve the people, so the people too co- uh, come to our counter, and we we serve there at the counter. We have a gloss that is protecting the food, and so I think for our own business, it's it will not change a lot because um, as we are really right. new, we we try to to um, implement all these new features already. But um, for the for the industry in general, there will be big changes because. We, have, we will have a structural change. I would say about 20, 25% of all restaurants will bank will go uh, bankrupt in, in the next few weeks or months. So there will be a huge uh, shift towards uh, more digitized uh, solutions in, in the gastronomy sector. Right. And, uh, you know, on the other hand, I guess everyone understands the money for bailouts, if, if they are really bailouts and not the bridge loans. That's different, obviously. But they have to come from somewhere, right? And uh, they will come from future taxation, or potentially inflation or redistribution. And th- there has to be balance with the empathy for the most vulnerable and the need to overcome the government-mandated lockdown. So what's your view on how, how Switzerland is handling this delicate balancing act? So actually, we are really um, lucky that we have um, uh, not so much debt, public debt. We have a lot of private debt in the housing market in Switzerland, but the public debt was quite stable i mean also it, it was decreasing the last years so uh, what we're doing now is just increasing the debt people say that it will take up to 20 years for the public sector to pay back the debt we are making now so uh, i don't think we need huge um, changes in the taxing system or or, or in the in the uh, in the like uh, how much we tax the people because for for us it's um, yeah we normally we we spend less money in the government than that we we get from the people so we make the the Swiss government makes a profit of two or three billion every year so now mm-hmm. you can calculate if we spend fifty or sixty billion on the crisis it takes like twenty years to pay back back this uh, debt so I think that's the way to go so far the Swiss government acted really really fast so I think many countries are looking at us and asking how did you manage to make sure that the SMEs got so fast the, the bridge loans so we can be proud of that. But now I, I realize that the Swiss government is really taking like two steps back and saying now every franc we spend now we need to discuss that and it's not like a month before where we just spend it because there were like uh, so much uncertainty but now it's um, mm. getting more and more conservative what's, what's not bad in my sense. We're coming back to entrepreneurship. You know, I've also uh, listened to your other podcasts or interviews you, you've given, and it seems like you understand the need for scaling up one's business very well. And so what would be your advice to early stage founders or first time founders starting their business in Switzerland in that respect? So, I mean, I have only the experience with the, with the food startup, but here for us, it was really important to first have a, like a proof of concept so we didn't need a lot of capital we just started and then we adapted with the feedback of the clients and when we realized or the the product works and the system how we set it up works then there is the point to to found the business to invest in it and to to go big so i i think this is my my first recommendation is that um, when you have your idea on paper 
don't just found it and make a business case and run like the business case was written, but um, start with real people and with real feedback. And after some months, I mean, it takes more time than just start it and, and try to skyrocket. But um, take this time of three or four months. Normally in Switzerland, it's not a run of like who is faster uh, in the first months. It's it's a question of um, um, who survives in the coming two or three years. And if you survive after three or four years as a startup, I think then you you did it, and then you can uh, cooperate with the, with the big ones. So this is actually my suggestion to just start small and try try to get um, be a bit patient. And if you really know that's the product that is um, gonna skyrocket, then then you need to scale. And here we need to change a bit our our thinking of um, taking risks because um, I think we are all teach in Switzerland that uh, it's good to have a corporate career and not to start a business and not to take too much risk. So here we need to challenge ourselves. Yeah, that's that's what I meant. So, all right. Um, obviously, these are very uncertain times, but what are your plans for the rest of, uh, rest of the year and beyond? So for, for uh, Kaizen, for my startup, we had um, an ambitious uh, plan to expand in, in new cities. We wanted to do this in in uh, april or may so actually at the moment it's impossible as we are not allowed to to run our stores so we just try to um, do this expansion in the second half of the year and this is for some of us so, so this is my plan for kaizen to just stick to the plan we, we did some months ago with a delay of some of two or three months to still be profitable this year besides the, the lockdown i think so far we managed really well our Delivery is like going crazy. We managed to do like 70 to 80% of our pre-COVID revenue just with delivery uh, because we had these uh, facilities also pre-COVID. But um, yeah, it's not so profitable as you pay uh, one third to the to Uber or to eat.ch. So um, yeah, never mind. Um, <laughs> this is the plan for my startup. And in politics, there are now now big challenges, not just to to find solutions to the COVID crisis, but this crisis has also impact on uh, the pension system, for example. So our first pillar, the OHV, is um, writing more and more losses. And now with uh, with the economic crisis, it's going to be even worse. Also, the, the second pillar, the BFHG, where, where the people and their, their employers um, pay the money in, the situation is getting worse as well. So I think those topics will, will come up soon after the, the crisis will, will be kind of in, uh, handled in a normal way. So uh, there are many things to do in politics as well. So my last question will be, where do interested parties reach you? You know whether that's business partners or other ecosystem uh, actors, and what kind of people would be the most relevant for you to help you on your mission? So actually, one can reach me on like every social media channel, um, like on on LinkedIn or also via email. For me, it's really important that it's that um, the people are kind of concrete. And say what what they want or, or where they want to contribute because you know at the beginning of the crisis we did some surveys for the startups. I'm the co-president of the parliamentary group for startups, and with this parliamentary group we did a survey like how they handle the crisis. And like 50% of the feedback was just like uh, we we don't have revenue anymore, we don't know what to do, please help us. And those are the feedbacks we we were not looking for because it's not so helpful if you just say uh, mm-hmm. we are lost. So when people reach out, it's really important to have a clear vision and and also a purpose behind why you're uh, 
why you're reaching out. And in that sense, I, I always try to help everyone. I had some startups reaching out um, with uh, like tracing apps, offering that in Austria at the moment. I, I try to make a connection to the Bundesamt für Gesundheit, the, the federal office for, for health, um, mm -hmm. that they can uh, offer this service also to Swiss citizens. So I really not just try to support the startups by... Um, uh, by having the right framework to, to in the government framework, but also to to get some new clients for them. So uh, yeah, you you can just reach out if I can help. Great. Well, thank you, Andre, and good luck. Thank you, Rudy. Thank you very much. This episode of InsureTech series by Voice of FinTech was brought to you by HITS, the House of InsureTech Switzerland. HITS is the innovation core-up hub focusing on the insurtech sector, bringing corporates and startups to develop customer-centric solutions. HITS creates the perfect environment to make innovation happen with early-stage investors and partners from the insurtech sector. If you would like to learn more about HITS, join us at one of our insurtech breakfasts every second Friday of the month. Happy to grab a virtual coffee with you.